gets me pumped every time. Welcome to Oops All Topics with Jason Edgar. I may do a little soft voice today because I've been told in my quarantined household that I am loud whenever I deliver this podcast. But I'm just going to be myself. Welcome to Oops All Topics with Jason Edgar. I am your host for the next hour. Excited to be joining you live Thursday, April 9th, 2020. I'm only assuming because my my one sheet here says April 2nd and I never update it. <laughs> uh, as far as like a terrible month going, it, it's going fast, right? You know, 800 deaths in New York, but sure, April 9th, okay. Oops All Topics is brought to you, and I promise this is the last time we're going to change the name, the Oops All Topics Network. Yes. Who would have thought that Oops All Topics was on the Oops All Topics Network? As always, we are reminding you to always lose your fear and find your voice. Follow or DM me on Twitter or Instagram at the Jedger. Follow, share, or download the show at oopsalltopics.podbean.com. And subscribe and review on Apple Podcast. Now, a little bit about that Oops All Topics Network. I guess whenever I started this uh, this podcast, I put in Oops All Topics for pretty much just everything. And so now um, it's it's what's showing up in the Podbean and Apple Podcast is like the people who like sponsor us or the the channel name or anything like that. And it's important now to kind of be promoting a network because we have another show. Welcome, Aaron Scott Walker, our, I mean, this show's number one fan. And so much, in fact, that he has his own show now called Unreal Talk Show. And that's going to be kind of like an oops all topics, but with, uh, but talking about movies specifically. I mean, that's what I'm going to call it. He had a current events. He had a. Uh, he had a feature discussion, and it kind of had that, you know, that Oops All Topics vibe. So I encourage you to uh, listen to that show. Um, it will pop up on the Oops All Topics news feed, or on the, I'm sorry, not the news feed, but the podcast feed, along with my speech class audio. Those are the three shows right now that are on the Oops All Topics network, along with whether my wife wants to know or, or uh, put it on there or not. Uh, Frankie Mama Reads, I might throw one up there just so you guys can hear it. Uh, in regards to whether you should listen to uh, any or all of these shows, you can listen to them or don't. You could delete the ones that you don't listen to. Like if you don't follow Oops All Topics anymore, you only listen to Unreal Talk Show, then just delete all my shows and listen to Aaron's shows. But the one thing you want to do is make sure you don't unsubscribe, okay? Because it literally takes just a half a second to knock out those speech class announcements or speech class audios and stick to the Oops All Topics network. So, Aaron, we did it. We have our own podcast channel. So, keep up the good work. Anyways, my watch list. Uh, basically, three things. Um, Saul, Better Call Saul, is uh, almost wrapping up. Uh, right now, him and Mike Ehrmantraut are in the middle of the desert trying to saw, trying to get just simply out of the desert. And what's interesting about this is that this is exactly what happened to... Um, Walt and Jesse and Breaking Bad in a in an episode called Four Days Out, where they went out and they cooked a bunch of meth in like the in the in the desert of Albuquerque, and uh, they 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 finish in like record time, but then they spend the next day and a half trying to get the get their Winnebago to start, and the same things happening to Mike and uh, 
and uh, and Saul, where they have gotten, I won't tell you how it got there, they got there, but they're stranded in the middle of the desert, and man, they are doing bad. At this point, Saul's drinking his own urine, but um, they say that uh, Saul going out into the desert and having this, this episode or two of... Uh, uh, arc is pretty much where Jimmy McGill is, is 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 dying. Jimmy McGill is him, and Saul Goodman is his uh, pseudonym. <clears throat> but it's pretty much like Walt and Heisenberg. So we're we're seeing the end of uh, of Jimmy McGill for sure. Uh, the Walking Dead. All right, are you ready for this? Buckle in, staple your socks on, because I'm about ready to blow them off. The Walking Dead ended with a cliffhanger where a horde of zombies was going after our crew. Oh, no. They haven't done that 17,000 times. I guess the one difference here is that there are whisperers in the horde where they're pretty much like uh, living unfriendlies who are dressed as... Um, dressed as zombies because they can like move around them now and they have knives so imagine you're trying to fight a zombie and then one of them attacks you with a knife that wouldn't be very fun would it in one more show i haven't talked about it at all on this show but i'm going to talk about it a little bit right now is tiger king uh yes i joined the uh i joined uh the internet in in watching tiger king and man it is entertaining and I think this was uh, this was Buddha saying, you know what, Jason, you sat through that McMillan or I'm sorry, McMillian documentary. Let's give you a good one now. And so I watched Joe Exotic start to finish. Um, what do I think about Joe Exotic? I think Joe is kind of dumb. Uh, anytime that you are telling somebody on camera that you're going to kill them and then you pretend to kill them, you probably should go to jail. But it's not because he is like some sort of hitman, like, I don't know, somebody you'd see on Kill Bill or something like that. It's just because he's a dumb person. No, no smart hitman is saying, I'm going to kill you over the airwaves or on the internet. I think, uh, and, and I also... The first few episodes, you kind of feel for Joe Exotic, not because you see of him like some sort of hero, but just because a lot of people make fun of him so much. But then, at the, as the as the documentary goes on, you you hear about him like uh, you know uh, euthanizing tigers and things like that, and his business practice of cub petting. Like any sort of like just basic cub that you can get has like a three week shelf life that they can play with children and not murder them but they live long lives and so what do you do with these tigers once they're once they will just attack a human if they're not careful and they just go on the rest of their lives and so sure there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of money involved in like this cub petting and in zookeeping and things like that or at least it like we see it seems like it is but um I, I ultimately don't like Joe Exotic for that, for that specifically. I think he's pretty much dumb, and I think Jeff Lowe took advantage of that because at the moment where Joe Exotic says, hey, I, hey, here's where this bitch lives on Facebook, he's talking about Carol Baskin, Jeff Lowe just sees an opportunity where it's like, hey, let's just set this guy up to like, an, like uh, potentially murdering somebody, put him in jail, then we'll just steal his, pri or steal his zoo, and that's exactly what happened. The symbolism is just so spot on, right? Because Joe Exotic was putting tigers in cages and monkeys in cages, and now he's in a cage. Um, not much to say about Doc Antle. Um, I'm never a fan of anybody who calls themselves Doc, right? It is way too magnanimous, 
and it's usually they are the ones that are pushing this name, like, hey, call me Doc. And then when people call them Doc and things like that, I, I know I've said Doc about 4,000 times right now. But trust me when I say anybody that goes around asking to be called Doc or is just simply called Doc, they're going to be like an asshole for sure. The only non-Doc that I don't think is an asshole, and that's only because I don't think he's an asshole to me, is Dr. Stephen Smith at University of Arkansas. That's the best Doc right there. And last but not least, Carol Baskin. Like, what do you want me to say? She fed her husband to tigers. How do I know that? Because she never really got, you know, sad on the air, or I'm sorry, on the documentary. Um, we don't know where this guy went, and he was a millionaire. And five years and a day after he vanished, she she puts out like uh, the death certificate so she can get these millions. Okay. So here's the part where Joe Exotic kind of has a point. Where's the husband? Anyways. Let's move on to the Corona Corner. I mean, it's <laughs> at this point, it's so crazy. Corona Corner is Trump's, no pun intended, the current event segment, right? Like, I don't even have, like, a, in, anything else in my news section that doesn't involve some sort of uh, coronavirus. I'll go to the Corona Corner, obviously, the bright side of COVID. We've got Front Runner, a news segment, and Trump Talk. All right, so let's do it. Um, we're sticking mostly to the United States right now because like we are the epicenter and here in a few minutes, I'm going to explain to you why I'm 18 miles away from the epicenter. But anyways, we're looking at 16,000 confirmed deaths right now. And to put this in perspective, folks, and I've been doing this pretty much like since this whole outbreak started is how many 9-11s is that? That looks to be about 5.3 9-11s and that happened in what a month? Imagine, if you will, we had five 9-11s in the span of a month. You would think that that president was doing a pretty bad job, right? Well, that's exactly what happened. In New York yesterday, in the previous three days, they are averaging 790 deaths a day. I think yesterday they had seven or 799 deaths. Like, that is just nuts for one city, right? Like, remember when Las Vegas... Here's another one where I compare as far as, like, for the city. When Las Vegas had their shooting, that was 50 people, and that was a sad, tragic day. That was 50 people in New York yesterday. 800 people died, right? Um, and this is what they talk about whenever they are appearing to flatten the curve. Like, this is the silver lining or the pot at the end of the rainbow where it's like, oh, deaths seem to be flattening at about 800 per day. Like, oh, that's good news. <laughs> oh, my God. Total deaths in New York. Total right now, 4,400, right? So that is another 9-11. That's just, that's a, just another 9-11 for, uh, for dear old New York City a city that I've never been to. But I think with Frankie born now, there's kind of like a new impetus to kind of visit. I think I will. Now, you may ask yourself, Jason, why, are you so, uh, why do you not want to go to New York? Honestly, it just kind of scares me. But that was the answer that I would have told you like five years ago. But also five years ago, I realized that the state that I lived in, Missouri, really hated liberal debate coaches. So I was like, you know what? I need to get over my fear of big cities. And so I lived in San Diego, and now I live in Chicago, and I'll go visit New York City. And also, you know what I'm going to get whenever I step off the plane in New York City? A cronut! I don't have it in my segment here, but uh, make sure that uh, you look up what a cronut is. It looks delicious. Uh, slurp, slurp, slurp. 
Fauci's now says that we're going to probably have a 60,000 deaths. That's much better than the quarter of a million they were expecting. Uh, but everyone says we're not out of the woodwork yet. You're going to hear so many people in this podcast and, and in the, over the next few days trying to tell you that we are doing better. We're seeing light at the end of the tunnel. But man, last thing I heard is the CDC saying we should probably be wearing masks and April is still going to just be completely shut down. That's another thing. Um, are you wearing your mask? And like, what world do we live in? Like a month ago, we were like traveling to debate tournaments via airplane, right? And now we're like wearing masks. It's a crazy time to be living. Okay, I want to explain what the Senate does whenever Mitch McConnell, who trust me, you don't like Mitch McConnell, uh, submits some sort of Senate bill that is just absolutely so terrible to to Americans that Democrats have to vote against it, and then the, the the media picks it up and says Senate Democrats block a coronavirus help or a coronavirus aid bill. That is complete and utter framing, right? Now pretend if I was the leader of the Senate and the bill was called, oh, I don't know, coronavirus aid package, but within that corona aid package... I said that we were going to cut unemployment, cut health care, and reduce this reduce like the, the, the spending in, in for small businesses. Well, of course, you as a Democrat and you as a normal sane person aren't gonna vote for that. So you're gonna say no to voting for the coronavirus aid package, right? That's the whole that's that's what they're doing. And they've done it before, I've seen them do it. Whenever AOC, uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez put out her Green New Deal, um, where it was just kind of like some ideas on should we do this or not. Mitch called it to a vote, and of course no one was going to vote for it. And so the the framing was the Senate rejects the Green New Deal, right? Like he is really politically savvy, but I can see right through that, Mitch, cocaine Mitch, as we call you on Oops All Topics. But you know who also is politically savvy? Uh, Nancy Pelosi. And so you have those two plus Donald Trump. They can't get anything passed uh, passed through Congress without all three of their names on it. So thank God we have Nancy Pelosi in there that can hold up any stimulus that really just kicks Americans in the nuts. All right. Just in case you forgot, you're listening to Oops All Topics with Jason Edgar. Uh, follow or DM me on Twitter or Instagram at the Jedgar. Uh, follow, share, and download the show at oopsalltopics.podbean.com and subscribe and review on Apple Podcast. And also look for Frankie Mama's Frankie's Mama Reads. Uh, we call it FMR around the house. That is uh, Jess Edgar or Jessica Edgar. Uh, she can be found on on Apple Podcasts for sure. And give her a listen. Uh, if you like books, you're going to be really into that podcast. So anyways, I'm not even done with Corona Corner. I'm going to transition back into asking, where's your stimulus? The way that I kind of like know like the, um, the span of this whole coronavirus is that me and you and the Oops All Topics, we were talking about it on the podcast in February, but nothing was happening. At the beginning of March, me and my debate program went to a national tournament, and when we were, whenever we got back, that's when things started getting really hectic. So let's say that was March 10th, right? 
tomorrow, which is Friday, April 10th, that has been a complete month. And that means that people, since we have had a shutdown, have not gotten any money and they've had a complete month's worth of bills stacking up. Where is our stimulus package? You need it right now. I don't care who you are, right? I mean, sure, you might be a millionaire, but I mean, you haven't you haven't worked in like a month. I mean, honestly, I don't, I, you probably don't care if you're a millionaire. And honestly, I really don't need the stimulus either. Uh, but I, I mean, I am just feeling so bad for these people that don't live in Canada or don't live in England that has like, you know, socialized medicine and that are just giving everybody universal basic income. Think about what we are doing as the United States. We are a telling people that they cannot go to work and then B not giving them a paycheck right? That is not fair in America. Imagine if I did the following two things. Hey, you can't work. And also I'm not going to give you money or I'm going to give you money, but it's held up in Washington. You'd be pretty irritated, right? That's the reason why 6.6 million people are currently unemployed or asking for unemployment insurance. Oh, we're going to talk more about that. Uh, as far as like the economic task force here in a few minutes. Uh, just some quick things, uh, some really quick things about coronavirus. Uh, Melania Trump has said that she's going to, excuse me, that she's going to be uh, wearing a face mask, which is going to be in stark contradiction to her husband, who says he's not. And it's just a man thing, right? Like, this is going to be the whole thing in 2020 and beyond is like, if you're wearing a mask, you're kind of like soft, right? Like, the coronavirus can't get me. I'm nice and big and tough. And all it is is toxic masculinity. When you're not wearing a mask and the Center for Disease Control is saying that you should wear a mask, you are overcompensating, okay? And honestly, why are you overcompensating? Compensating is probably because, well, you have small hands. That's all I'm saying. Okay, so anyways, there's a jail nearby, and I say I say nearby because it's like 18 miles away, where it is. The, it's considered the new United States hotspot. Let me read you the article from WTTTW News. Uh, looks like it's national. It looks like it's NPR, honestly. But anyways, more than 250 Cook County jail detainees have now been tested positive for COVID-19. New York Times calls jail the largest known source of U.S. infections. The total number of COVID-19 cases at the Cook County jail surpasses 400 on Wednesday. So that was yesterday. As data compiled from the New York Times now shows it has become the largest known source of U.S. infections. Oh, goody. 18 miles or more I'm delivering this podcast right now. Data released by the Cook County Sheriff's Office on Wednesday evening shows 251 detainees have so far tested positive as as have 150 Sheriff's Office employees. The jail's outbreak has spread rapidly in recent weeks following its first confirmed case on March 22nd. So I think this is pretty simple. Um, where do I drop that? Um, crap, I lost, I lost my place. There was just an outbreak. There was most certainly an outbreak at the prison, and everybody got it, and they didn't know they were passing it around. They were asymptomatic, and you know, and it's just it's what we have an outbreak, right? Uh, DuPage County, another place where I live, really close by, also had an outbreak at like an old person's home, and that's definitely don't where you don't want an, like an outbreak. Uh, and so I thought that was really interesting, but also horrifying, right? Like the scary disease that you can get, and two days later can potentially kill you twenty percent of the time, maybe two percent of the time is 18 miles away from me and Frankie. Run, Frankie, run! 
since last episode. Uh, some people who have been WZQC, the Q, warrantined. Uh, Boris Johnson. I mean, if you don't know who Boris Johnson is, I call him Bojo. Um, he is pretty much England's version of Donald Trump. So it, I just it's easy to imagine. Just imagine if Donald Trump got sick. Like, we would be going bonkers right now, right? The conspiracy theories would be going over the moon, right? But he seems to be getting better. But, man, it was touch and go there for a few minutes. It was like he's in the ICU. He's on a ventilator. He's been intubated. Yikes. Um, another famous uh, Brit is uh, Prince Charles. This hasn't been over the previous week, but this is another well-known uh, well known person uh, in England that has coronavirus. And uh, the Queen does not have coronavirus, but she came out and said, hey, don't forget that I've been through a lot in my life and we're going to get through. We will meet again. And I mean, wow, that's just awesome. I love hearing her speak just like this nice old woman that just owns everything. Right. And comes out and just says, oh, we're going to be OK. Mind the gap. <laughs> Keep calm and carry on. Speaking of New York, by the way, a little, a little bit more about New York. I'm really, I want to get really close to the bright side of COVID here. Uh, New York, uh, and it's huge, huge outbreak in New York. Probably the biggest one in the world. Ultimately, um, they were spreading it around in February. So imagine that you have a large population of people, two massive airports, and they're just stacked on top of each other on a small island, and they're just spreading it everywhere in February. Like, that's the reason why New York is going to have a lot, of, a lot of funerals over the next month. Okay, here's a new segment. Well, it was new last week. I call it The Bright Side of COVID. Do, 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 do. It even has a little bit of a musical intro. Have you heard about the car insurer, insurers that are sending refunds to customers as crash rate falls? I know for sure this is from NPR. Uh, the pandemic has emptied out U.S. streets as Americans stay home to avoid spreading the coronavirus. Less driving means fewer car crashes. Fewer car crashes means big savings for auto insurers. So since nobody's getting in crashes, that's a bright side there. But also the insurers are just making big old bucks because you keep paying uh, your, your, your car insurance. At least three companies have decided to pass those savings along to their customers. Allstate is going to send out some $600 million in premium refunds. All 18 million drivers with Allstate auto policies will be receiving 15% of their premium credited to their bank account, credit card, or Allstate account. Uh, I'm just going to go down. American Family Insurance, a smaller company, will be sending checks of $50 per car to more than 2 million f customers. And then GEICO. See, I have Progressive, so of course they're not doing anything. But what is GEICO doing? GEICO cover... What's, what's GEICO going to do? 15% credit the next time each auto or motorcycle policy comes up for renewable renewal. So that's cool. Good for them. Unfortunately, Progressive isn't doing anything. Uh, Cuomo. See, I'm not sure if this is the bright side of COVID, but I will tell you that we have gotten to love our governors, right? Like probably most people didn't know who uh, Andrew or is it Andrew or Chris? I think it's Andrew Cuomo was uh, the governor of New York. And considering they have de Blasio, yuck, in New York City as the mayor right now, Cuomo just looks like such a born leader. So much, in fact, that he's being talked about being the vice presidential candidate for Joe Biden. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But also, who else? Gavin Newsom. He's flattening the curve in California, considered one of the biggest economies in the world, California by itself, and so many million people, like 36 million people. Cuomo, Cuomo, or not Cuomo, but um, 
Newsom is simply doing such a good job in California. And also our own uh, Illinois governor, J.B. Pritzker, he's doing a fantastic job as well. And so I'd say, if anything, we're starting to learn a lot about who our governors are and how good of a job that they're doing and the strong leadership that we're getting from those from those people outside of leadership of Washington. And last but not least, on the bright side of COVID, or as I call it, BSOC, uh, the earth is vibrating less. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. We'll talk about that m- more in Weird Science. All right. Today is the last day that we are going to have our segment called Front Runner because there's just one person left, Joe Biden. Bernie dropped out. Bernie was my horse. It went Warren to Bernie and now it's going to go to Joe Biden. Like, I just know who I'm voting for in November. It's, there's going to be no ifs, ands, or buts. It's Biden. Or, uh, I mean, he's just going to be on, he's going to be on there. Uh, Bernie dropped out. So it's going to be Joe Biden or nobody at all. But I'm going to go vote for Joe Biden. Uh, apparently, he had a phone call with Donald Trump. I'm not sure what they talked about. They pretty much hate each other. Like, Trump pretty much got impeached over trying to uh, get dirt on Joe Biden. Um... And I want you to do me a favor, my little oopsies. You can Twitter me. You can Instagram me. You can even send me an email at oopsalltopics at gmail.com. But show me a poll where Trump is beating Joe Biden over the past year or two. Okay? Like like an official poll. Like a sufficient poll. Like not, not nothing from Fox News or anything like that. I, you know what? Even show me a Fox News poll because you won't find it. You'll hear me on this show say that Joe Biden has won at least 80 polls against Joe Biden, and he has. Right? Here's the downside, though. Who cares about polls? Right? Like there was 100 polls in 2016 that said Hillary Clinton was going to beat Joe, um, Joe Biden. That was going to beat Donald Trump, and guess what didn't happen? Right? So I'm going to enjoy seeing polls of Joe Biden beating Donald Trump, but trust me when I say I'm not optimistic that is like a shoe in. All right? As far as his vice presidential candidate is concerned, it's not going to be Andrew Cuomo. You know why? Because Andrew Cuomo has a penis, he wants to pick a female. Like, Joe Biden has already said, I'm picking a female. I haven't said who it's going to be yet, but I'm definitely going with a female. It's either going to be Klobuchar or Stacey Abrams or Gretchen Whitmer. Those are my three choices. He might go with Tammy Duckworth. I think that that's what what Jess thinks he's going to go for. But again... She's already going to carry Illinois. Like he, he doesn't, he doesn't have to pick her. It's the same reason why Kamala Harris is is already from California. We're going to carry that state, but we don't know if we're going to carry Michigan. So let's go with Whitmer. We don't know if we're going to take Minnesota, and Amy crushes in Minnesota, and Stacey Abrams could carry Georgia. Joe Biden is also wearing a mask. And so there's your candidates. You have the Democrat who will wear a mask during a pandemic, and then you have Donald Trump, a Republican, who won't wear a mask. And so is that what it comes down to? Is, like, if you're a Democrat, you'd wear a mask, and if you're a Republican, you don't wear a mask? Mommy wears a mask, daddy doesn't, and then daddy gets coronavirus and dies, and then mommy has to give us all socialized medicine? Okay. So with the death of the frontrunner segment... We now see rising from the ashes like a phoenix, a segment I'm calling Election 2020. <laughs> I got I don't have a, a clever name right now. Maybe I'll get something, but 
Maybe we'll call it like hindsight, but that has nothing to do with the election. I don't know. I need to quit doing on-air producing. So anyways, your presidential election, the person who's going to be the next president of the United States is either going to be our incumbent Donald Trump or former vice president of the United States, Joe Biden. Now, a month ago, you probably would have said that the economy is the is the headline here or um, the impeachment of Donald Trump. But really, the election is now going to come down to COVID, right? I think that if you believe and you should, the stories about how unprepared we were and how Donald Trump knew about this information about coronavirus and the reason we're going to be have to shut down for six to eight weeks is because of, of information that he just passed on. Right. And so if Joe Biden centers the election around uh, Trump's response to coronavirus, he very well could win. Right. Like so you already have these polls, 80 polls that say that 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 Biden's going to win. And you have a president who is not handling the pandemic really well. Trump is also not doing very well with people of color. And, And I didn't talk about it in the Corona Corner. But again, people of color have been disproportionately hurt. Uh, by COVID-19. It's something that Stephen A. Smith says on his, t- on his show uh, that whenever white people have a cold, black people have pneumonia. And so since white people are suffering from the coronavirus, that means that people of color are going to be suffering a lot more. And that's exactly what you're seeing specifically in Illinois and across the country. So I'm not sure that, uh, that that Trump is winning, aside from just being an overt racist. I don't see, I don't think he's winning the black vote. Um, I also don't think he's winning the. Uh, but I also don't think that Joe Biden is winning the youth vote. He's having a very tough time with the youth, and so I am just not sure. I don't think um, who's that bald Democrat that's always talking uh, Cargill. Uh, I don't I don't know his name. He's married to a Republican. You know who I'm talking about. Um, James Carville, he said that it is a wipeout for Joe Biden, and then you hear people saying that it's a shoe-in for Trump, right? It's not going to be either, okay? It is going to be such a close election. Uh, we probably won't even have, like, the person coming in second uh, secede or, like, uh, like give up that night. So... It's going to be super close. I don't think it's going to be a blue wave. I don't think it's going to be a red wave. Okay? If you look at all the elections that's happened pretty much in 2018 and 19, it, it looks like it's going to be a big old blue wave, but Donald Trump was never officially on the ballot. All right? And we are still on current events. But that's just because, folks, again, news news commentary show, right? I still got my Trump talk segment. I talked about, and we'll go quick, um, he knew in November uh, I can even show you intelligence. This is from ABC News. Intelligence report warned of coronavirus crisis as early as November. Analysts concluded it could be a cataclysmic event, which it is. Uh, concerns about what is now known to be the novel coronavirus pandemic were detailed in a November intelligence report by the military's National Center for Medical Intelligence. According to two officials familiar with the document's contents, the report was the result of analysis of wire and computer intercepts coupled with satellite images. It raised alarms because of out-of-control disease would pose a serious threat to the U.S. forces in Asia, forces that depends on the NCMI's work, and it paints a picture of an American government that could have ramped up mitigation and containment efforts far earlier to prepare for a crisis poised to come home. So we still would have had, like, the coronavirus, but we would have been a lot more prepared, right? We probably would have made a lot more... A lot more 
ventilators. We could have made a lot more ventilators, uh, a lot more masks, a lot more PPEs, a lot more hospital beds. We would have put the ships out there in Los Angeles and New York a lot faster, and we could have self-contained a lot more and created more tests. So this is the reason why uh, Trump should lose the election in November, because of the point where he knew about the events that were going to come up and didn't warn anybody, then the blood is on his hands. He is completely and utterly culpable. There's inf- there's there's some information out there. It's on like the it's on like conspiracy theory, like uh, documentaries and stuff. But people have said that President Bush knew a month before 9-11 that he knew about 9-11. But again, not any like strong evidence has ever come out despite the fact. And he did win his reelection. OK, so that argument doesn't even hold water anyways. Uh, Trump is creating an economic task force because obviously we've never seen anything like what we're experiencing right now, not even in the Great Depression. Again, just look at the numbers of unemployment. It is like low, 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 and it's like skyrockets two weeks ago. It, it doesn't even it doesn't even look like something that should happen on one of those like charts. I'm really frustrated with President for President Trump pushing this hydrochloroquine uh, drug, and he says, "What do you got to lose?" Right? You know, whenever President Trump says, "What do you got to lose?" that it's a bad argument because what he's literally saying there is. I don't have a reason for you to support it. I just want you to support it. And here's the reason why you do have something to lose if you've taken if you take a drug that's not, you know, researched by the FDA. Side effects. Did he just forget that, Dr. Trump? That you just can't take a fucking drug that's been not tested on mice or humans and expect it to just be a miracle cure. It's all about Trump's idea of gaining control over the system. Either he wants to control the narrative by saying we have a miracle drug or he's invested in it and he's going to make a mint if we all start taking hydrochloroquine. Okay? So stop pushing this drug, Trump. Oh my God. I can't believe I'm even asking. Last but not least, just a little fun story about how um, he was asked in a press conference the other day if he would support uh, pardoning Joe Exotic, and he said he'd give it some thought. And this that whole thing started uh, in an interview on one of my favorite radio shows, Jim and Sam on Sirius XM. They were interviewing Donald Trump Jr. Not a big fan of them interviewing Donald Trump Jr., to be quite honest. But he did say that he would pardon Joe Exotic. So there's there's kind of like a wraparound to our watch list and current events segment. All right. Wow. Whew. We are going long. Once again, you're listening to Oops All Topics with Jason Edgar, part of the Oops All Topics podcast network. Uh, you can follow or DM me on Twitter or Instagram at the Jedger. Uh, follow, share, or download the show at oopsalltopics.podbean.com and subscribe and review on Apple Podcast. All right, let's move on to some weird science. And guess what? They're both connected to the coronavirus. Meow, 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 meow. Are you tired of... Coronavirus news? No. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what to tell you. This is just so unprecedented. But anyways, uh, weird science number one. Earth is vibrating substantially less because there's so little activity right now. What? Tell me more. 
Flights are grounded, fewer trains are running, rush hours gone, the world, particularly in cities, is looking drastically different during the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. According to seismologists, that drastic reduction in human hustle and bustle is causing the Earth to move substantially less. The planet is standing still. According to Thomas Lecoq, a geologist and seismologist at the Royal Observatory in Belgium, notice that the country's capital, Brussels, is experiencing a 30 to 50% reduction in ambient seismic noise since the lockdowns began, as CNN reports. That means data collected by seismologists is becoming more accurate, capable of detecting even the smallest tremors, despite the fact that many of the scientific instruments in use today are near city centers. Researchers in Los Angeles and in West London, United Kingdom, notice a similar trend. Now, seismologists are people who study vibrations in the earth, and I would love to tell you that I learned that based on just being a learned individual, but I only knew that from another word that showed up in this article, Tremors, my favorite movie from the late 80s and early 90s. I was thinking if we're going to watch a movie over Oops All Topics, Aaron or Joe, it should either be Groundhog Day or Tremors. Twitter me or Instagram me and let me know what movie you want me to watch over the air. I really want to watch Tremor suddenly. <laughs> but that's fucking crazy how the earth is a big old vibrator and now it's not even vibrating anymore. But I digress. I'm so happy I'm my own boss on this podcast. I can just call earth a big old vibrator and not get in trouble. Like, who seriously, who's going to get me in trouble? I don't even mention my job anymore. Speaking of my job, I had, a, I had an interview today on Blackboard Collaborate. It's trying to be Zoom. <laughs> it, was a good, it was a good meeting, though. I always feel good whenever I talk to my bosses. I'm going to be yeah, teaching summer school, too, which means it might be a completely online course. All right. This is pretty cool, but also I think it violates some human rights laws. I'll just read you the headline. Chinese police are now, now have AI helmets for temperature screening. That's right, they have fever scanners in China, and they look like RoboCop. Police and epidemic, con- epidemic-controlled units in China can now screen out potential coronavirus carriers with the help of futuristic-looking smart helmets. Shizan-based Quangqi technology introduced police smart helmets that can quickly measure body temperature in crowds. The infrared cameras attached to the N901 helmets enable wearers to measure temperatures from up to 5 meters away. They can scan QR codes and have facial recognition, according to the company. In addition to including AR glasses, the helmets are also equipped with Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and 5G connectivity. The company said when it introduced the product product last November. The helmets are already being used in Shanghai and some other Chinese cities. The company says its helmets are light, too, thanks to its specially engineered metamaterials that it's been developing with the Chinese Ministry of Science and Technology. Here's a reason why I feel like it's violating human rights. It is your right and it is your privacy to have a fever. I don't care if it's a pandemic or not. I talk to my doctor and that's between me and him, right? So whenever the police are looking at me and saying like, hey, you have a fever, I'm like, how dare you? You might as well be pinching my behind. Once again, you're listening to Oops All Topics with Jason Edgar. Follow or DM me on Twitter or Instagram at the Jedger, and follow, share, and download the show at oopsawtopics.podbean.com. Also, subscribe and review on Apple Podcast. Um, if I sound a little bit giddy this week, it's honestly because the podcast network is taking off. Um, 
be sure that you're always reading the titles because if it's anything other than Oops All Topics, it's going to be like Insta or Instant Real Talk or <laughs> sorry, I forgot the name of your show, sir. Uh, Real Talk. It's going to be there like episode one. It's easy to read and also my speech class audios as well. But because we have our Real Talk talk show now, um, I'm really I'm going to have to put that in my air as an omission for next week, aren't I, Aaron? Um, I wanted to kind of do a little show. I wanted to do a little like real talk of my own talk show. I think it's called Unreal. Unreal talk show. That's what it's called. Man, the past five minutes have just been terrible. But anyways, as mentioned, Aaron on our podcast network is doing kind of like an Oops All Topics uh, movies edition. And I can already tell it's going to be a fantastic show. I learned so much in the very first episode. I really learned a lot about that freaking Aaron has watched a lot of Disney movies. Like, I've watched Finding Nemo, Aaron, and, like, that's it, okay? But anyways, I wanted to do a little uh, movie reel feature discussion of my own this week. And it also transitions into uh, a obviously the feature discussion, but... Something that I saw over the news this past week where because of the coronavirus, they have um, they've changed all the dates of the next Marvel rundown and show the next Marvel phase. Yeah, we're going to talk about Marvel. And not only did they kind of give you all the new dates, but they also pretty much just said, here's phase four and here's the dates. And so really quickly, it's Black Widow on January. No. November 6, 2020, The Eternals next February, Shang-Chi, my birthday next year, uh, The Multiverse of Madness with Doctor Strange is November 5th of 2021, we got that Thor Love and Thunder movie coming out around Valentine's Day 2022, my birthday 2022, you got Black Panther 2, and in the summer of 2022, you have Captain Marvel 2. So there's your next seven Marvel movies, and they happen over the next two and a half years, maybe the two years complete. That makes me really sad because I am just, I am in such need of new material, of new movies to watch with, uh, with 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 Avengers and, and and with Marvel, I like I've watched all of them like two or three times over the pandemic break, and so what I wanted to do is I wanted to go down each of those movies in order and kind of just give you my thoughts about which ones I'm excited for, what's going to be in them, maybe give you the bad guy in each one, and then call it a call it a podcast. So, anyways, I'm just going to call this the Marvel Rundown. It might not be the name of our show, but you know whatever. Uh, so, anyways, uh, obviously Black Widow is the one that's uh, on deck. Uh, that one was supposed to be showing soon, uh, but got passed because of the coronavirus. We can't just go and watch movies because we're too close to each other eating each other's popcorn. And so what's interesting also about this movie is obviously the timing of this. If you've seen the events of Avengers Endgame, she had to sacrifice herself to get the Soul Stone. And so you can't take that back. That's what, that's what Red Skull said, right? That's even why... Um, Hawkeye and Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> Black Widow had to go back in time before because I think there's only like one Soul Stone to get right, and so Thanos already got it by killing Gamora in Infinity War, so they had to go back even before then and retrieve the Soul Stone that way, right? So 
what is what is Black Widow going to be doing, right? Apparently, it's going to be in between the events of Captain Marvel Civil War, I'm sorry, Captain America Civil War, and Avengers Infinity War, which is really interesting. When you watch Infinity War, why are her, why is her hair blonde, and why are her eyebrows blonde, right? Scarlet Joe looks so weird in Avengers Infinity War. She's so much better in Endgame. I'm not saying that she's aesthetically pleasing. I'm just saying, like, what's up with that lightness in her in her hair and whatnot. It must've been with another, another role. I don't know. Uh, the bad guy in black widow is going to be this man called taskmaster. Um, there's also going to be like a red version of captain America. I think that's what David Harbour's playing, but apparently taskmaster taskmaster. That's hard to say is a villain who can learn your, your tricks, like your fighting style and then use it against you. And so apparently, like, he watches Captain America, he watches Thor, he watches Bruce Banner, and then he, like, he mimics them, right? And so I'm assuming if Black Widow is the biggest assassin in the world, he's going to mimic her, and then he's she's not going to be able to beat him. So um, I'm not sure of the return, um, how she's going to return in this, uh, or if Iron Man's going to return or not, but, oh yeah, I'm just not sure if she's going to return from the dead, I guess is what I'm saying, but that would be pretty interesting if she did. Uh, the next one is Eternals, and of the seven movies that I listed, I know nothing about the Eternals, so I'm going to take it over to IGN, where they're going to explain that the Eternals are a powerful race of cosmic beings who have existed in our solar system for millions of years. While most Eternals look perfectly human on the outside, their advanced biology gives them a incredible strength, long lives, and powers that set them far above mortal men. So they're looking at you, Tony Stark. Both the Eternals and their genetic cousins, the Deviants, were created by the cosmic gods known as the Celestials through experiments on early proto-humans. And where most Eternals have chosen to follow the path of peace, the Deviants are hateful and warlike, with their hideous outer appearance reflecting their twisted inner nature. See, I think Thanos is a mixture of Eternal and Deviant, and then Celestials are supposed to stop them. The two races have been locked in a never-ending war since those early days, with humanity sometimes paying the price. And so they have strong powers. They have certain abilities. It looks like it's just got like a group of supermen and women. Uh, I know that Dinesh from Silicon Valley is uh, Kamel Nanjiari is uh, is his name. Oh, uh, he's one of the Celestials, and also Jon Snow, Kit Harrington. You like my Jon Snow impression? It's pretty terrible. I don't know how they're going to be set up in that, but they're there. There's the Eternals. Shang-Chi. Uh, this is going to be kind of like the Chinese version of Black Panther, where it's going to be kind of like our uh, person of color movie, uh, minority movie, although they're certainly not a minority in China. Um, kind of like a crazy rich Asians meets Black Panther Marvel movie kind of thing, I think. But also, I think he's going to be an important role in the other movies because if you're anything like me, you love a good arc where there's like certain things you have to collect, like the Infinity Stones, for example. Shang-Chi tells us that there's ten rings that are extremely important, and they talk about these in Iron Man 3 with the villain being the Mandarin. Now, if I remember, Iron Man 3 was pretty terrible, and I don't even think that they use the ten rings as like a as like a you know, as like a war machine or anything like that. I may have to rewatch that just for you. But I am excited they're bringing that plot back because again, let's spread these ten rings out. Where are they all, and why are they important? Probably my favorite movie is going to be this Doctor Strange movie. I'm going on an hour. My lands. Um, it's going to have the Scarlet Witch in it as well. 
Um, even though it's my favorite, I don't have a lot to say about it. I know that a multiverse is pretty fun. Um, that's kind of like what a Spider-Verse is. And if you ever heard any jokes like somewhere in some universe out there, you are Batman, that's the idea of the multiverse, where it's like space and time are forever expanding in a million, billion, zillion directions at any given moment in milliseconds, boom, boom, boom. There's just so many different Earths out there. There might be a multiverse out there where I'm a female Flash, right? Me, Jason Edgar. And so with Doc Strange and him having the time stone, the ability to and uh, time travel and things like that, getting stuck in the multiverse of madness is obviously going to be a bad thing. It, excuse me. It's been reported that the bad guy in this movie is called Nightmare. And I'm assuming it's going to be kind of like a Freddy Freddy Krueger version of Marvel bad guy, where he can he can just like kill you in his dreams. And if you know anything about Doctor Strange lore, there's like this astral universe that you can get your ass kicked in. Uh, whenever he was uh, he got his ass kicked in the astral universe uh, in his own movie, and also whenever the ancient one uh, like punched Bruce or uh, Hulk in the chest you can see his astral version aka Bruce Banner fly out Thor uh, love and thunder uh, what do I, what do you want to say about that there's gonna be Thor 4 uh, it's gonna have the guardians in it now that rocket and Groot have met Thor they're just in love with him and you know his new his new axe is part Groot which I think was the coolest part of any of the Marvel movies uh, thus far. It's going to have Korg in it. Korg is super funny. And it's also going to have Natalie Portman. She's going to end up becoming like a Lady Thor or something like that. Now, what happens since we've been shipping Valkyrie and Thor together? What happens when him and Jane get together? Love triangle. Ooh. Uh, Black Panther 2. Definitely looking forward to that. I just want to see more Black Panther movies. I don't know what makes him so unique i guess he's a really fast runner let's see more of his powers i do know that the bad guy in this movie was has already been discussed in endgame and this is what i want you to do before they start trying to collect the stones you see uh, natasha romanoff aka black widow talking to all of the individuals uh via like what it looks like Marvel's version of Zoom, uh, but you have Captain Marvel there, you got Rocket, and you have Okoye, and Okoye is talking about some sort of underground earthquake. I guarantee you that's going to be Black Panther 2 right there. What's going on there? And she even says, we got it taken care of. Uh, Captain Marvel 2, that's what we're going to end with here. Uh, this is going to just do more Kree versus Scroll stuff. They've even, they even talked about it at the end of the Captain Marvel movies. Uh, <clears throat> that's going to be probably even in another universe, but you can probably assume that Spider-Man's going to be in that. Or I know you don't have to assume that, but in all these movies, I guarantee you there's going to be more than one superhero because of what we talked about, what was it, last week? Or no, two weeks ago, whenever we said we need more heroes. My closing thoughts on the next two or three years of Marvel movies, you don't have any Ant-Man, which is interesting. I thought he was like kind of like this new version of, uh, you know, he's kind of like in the group now. Uh, you don't, it doesn't look like you have Spider-Man 3, and at the end of uh, 
Far From Home, uh, Mysterio says that Spider-Man is Peter Parker, so that's kind of like a big-ass cliffhanger. You don't have any Fantastic Four there, so maybe they're like introduced in like the Multiverse of Madness or something like that, but again, not sure. And again, you don't have any Hulk movies. Let's try to do a Hulk movie, folks. Like, who am I even talking about? Wow. Well, good podcast today, folks. Where are we at? 51 minutes? Yeah, right in the sweet spot, right, Joe? <laughs> I wonder if Joe likes it that I call him out every episode. I digress. That's definitely been a fun one, and it's felt like a long one for sure. But anyways, once again, you're listening to Oops All Topics with Jason Edgar. Uh, follow or DM me on Twitter or Instagram at the Jedger. Follow, share, or download the show at oopsalltopics.podbean.com. And last but not least, subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts. And just like we always say at the Oops All Topic Network, be sure to lose your fear and find your voice. <laughs>